Hello and welcome to Wonderful Wonderful. My name's Heather. And my name's Pat. And we are Wonderful Wonderful. Heather, what are you going to be talking about? Well, I'm going to be talking all about sustainability in Denmark and Copenhagen. What are you going to be talking about, Pat? I'm going to be concentrating on health and being healthy. Uh, before we get to the serious stuff, do you mind if I just put a record on? Oh, please do. Friend, and we're friends as well. Yes. <laughs> so join us, follow us, and um, enjoy because that's what we intend to do. Yes, more fun we have, the better. We are wonderful, wonderful. Yes. What are we going to talk about today, Heather? Well, I'm sat here, Pat, with my feet in some water. But is it water? What's no. happening, Pat? No, you have your feet in a bowl of warm water with Epsom salts in it because Epsom salts is very good for the health, gives you plenty of minerals, including magnesium, and it softens your feet up for a session of reflexology Woo! afterwards. Yay! So, so obviously our listeners can't see the beautiful blue bowl that my feet are in, but how long is this operation going to take? How long am I going to keep my feet in this beautiful blue bowl, Pat? 15 minutes would be a good amount of time. We're actually sitting in my dining room and her feet are underneath the table in this blue bowl, which is very pretty, I have to add. Mm. So yes, we'll dry off your feet and now that people know a little bit about how mad we are, then we'll carry on with our second podcast because we had so much fun the first time and we reached people all over the world. Yeah, I think the, some of the countries we got to were the USA. Definitely. Zimbabwe, Israel. Canada. England. France. Wales, Scotland. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we've really had a good reception with it all, but perhaps yes. we better explain, because people may not listen to our first episode part, what, what are we about? Why have I got my feet in some, um, some magnesium sulphate? What's this? So do you think perhaps people should take our podcast with a pinch of salt? Ooh, Ooh. aren't you clever? Ooh. Ooh. Um, well, we're going to talk about sustainability, what we know, what we think, how we feel about it. And also we'll talk about health, anything to do from a layperson's point of view, to talk about what you can do to keep yourself healthy. Okay, so I guess in many ways our message is about health for both the individual and for the planet. Very well there done. I think oh, the Epsom salts are working. You're on a roll. So that was the ghost of shouldn't be coming in here, closing the door. No. So that was the wind. That was the planet wind. saying, yes. oh, yes, come on, girls, tell the world you're the message. Yes. So that's what we're about. We've got This is the intro. Now we're going to dry off Heather's feet and our next part will be all about reflexology and how it's going to help uh, Heather's health. Yeah, and I think I'm there coming out now. I'm beginning to feel giddy, but maybe I'm just excited about the show, but... And so am I. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's okay. great. So there'll be a little bit of music and then there'll be a nice long section And we'll from be us. back. We'll chat, never fear. Definitely. So we're back and um, I'm all wrapped up in a lovely um, fluffy towel. It's one of the hottest days of the year, so it's it's going to be interesting, this. And Pat started on my feet. She's, she's put some, I can't smell it from over here, but some, is it an essential oil, Pat? This is, uh, I'm using a concoction of essential oils and it's, uh, it's French and it's from Dr. Valnet. 
and it's by um, it's eco ecological because we are into ecology, aren't we? Yeah, uh, yeah. But so I, I don't think you say it's Doctor Valnut or whatever. Can well, you say Can you say it in French? Yeah, Doctor. Doctor. Vanet. Vanet. <laughs> That's more like it. Now I've, I'm feeling really special. Oh, there you go. So, with reflexology of the feet, because you can also find it for the ears, the face, and the hands. It's a matter of the the therapist. Uh, using the technique of pressure points to stimulate the body's own self-healing. And each part of the feet um, corresponds to an organ. Uh, I, you have to warm the feet up to your touch. Every therapist will tell you that. And the toes are the top part of the body. Going down, the balls of the feet are the lungs. Going down the feet, the intestines. And then the heels contain mostly to do with the legs. And the back is the arch of the foot. So reflexology was recorded 4,000 years ago. But an American doctor found it in the uh, nearly in 1917. Yeah. and decided to tell the world that using pressure points on the feet, certain organs became anaesthetised and he wrote papers on it and the word spread and it spread to Europe and it came to the UK, came to Denmark and in Denmark it's called zone therapy which is a very good name for it actually because the feet are partitioned into 12 zones, six on one foot and six on the other. Oh, so it's different on for different sides? It corresponds to different sides of the body, yes. Yeah. So on one foot, you will get one area which will correspond to the heart, right. but only on your left foot. It follows the blood flow. It follows the blood flow. It stim this stimulates the blood ah. flow. And um, what I can see from Heather's feet, because she's a little bit... She's never had this before. Well, I'm, I'm think, trying Ex to think of things to say. And I am stressed out in my brain. You are, aren't you? Yes. Not because of the podcast. No. you know, it's just... It's, yeah, life after lockdown and yeah. all the crazy stuff that we've been through. You yes. know, I mean... Whew. Maybe it's yeah. coming out on my toes. So you can see I'm stressed because they've feel gone all curly, my I can feet. feel that you're stressed. Oh. And that's what happens. We hand our feet over to the therapist. And oh. that person takes care of your, in inverted commas, your body. So I, as a therapist, would just work on relaxing Heather. Just getting her relaxed so that... Her whole body will relax and she'll be more flexible, more uh, lively, more everything. And it's quite amazing because it really does work. For example, now I'm pressing really hard into her big toe. Both toes. Both toes. And this will stimulate her brain. Now if I went down this inside of her big toe, she might yelp because that's a very sensitive area of the ears and the neck. Yeah, not yelping. She's not, but you can feel it, can't you? Yeah, you rotten yeah. thing. I'll <laughs> get you back, Pat. Ow, that wasn't very nice. No, the toes refer <laughs> to the head part. Oh. So what I just pressed there... Hmm actually refer to your mouth jaw area oh yeah interesting eh? yeah yeah i'm gonna be speaking in tongues <laughs> <laughs> you wish you wish yeah. but it's so interesting and the the massage actually does take in the movement you rotate the feet so that you loosen up all the tendons oh. and you stretch the feet, thereby stretching the whole body 
and massage the intestines and have a good, just under the uh, balls of the balls of the feet is an area which we call the solar plexus. And on the body, that's just underneath your breastbone. Mm. And it's a very good way of grounding somebody, getting them to be right now, right here. I'm a listening, Pat. Yeah, I'm a I listening. <laughs> so, sh sh shall I just sort of give in? Yeah, hand them over. Just right. hand them over and, you know, you're not going anywhere because no, I've not. got your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Nobody cares about feet, do they, really? They, they're just... And in Denmark, because we've got so much calcium in the water, yeah. we just take a shower and cover them in chalk on a daily basis they're just the last things aren't they that they were your feet are so important because they're your connection with the earth mm. they're your connection to get you somewhere we rely on them so much and you're quite right people don't take enough care mm. to keep their feet in really good condition mm. the wonderful yoga exercises for the mm. feet start off quite by stretching the feet and it's quite painful but you'd be surprised how quickly the body adapts to things that are good for it mm. and we won't talk about anything that becomes addictive but we'll talk about getting out in nature to help our uh, spirit mm. and walking mm. put on good shoes get out there talk to trees give trees a hug why not so this is this is something that I was really passionate. I still am, but I did for ten years uh, in my other life, and I'm just she thinks she's coming off the chair, but she's not. Just yeah, she's she's pulling. She's roughing me up now. She's got it my foot by the heel, and she's sticking her thumb right under the ball of the yeah. feet now. This is uh, this is one of my favourite moves because. I know that the body is calming down when yeah, I do I've this. I've clasped my hands now. There you go. I'm, I'm you looking see? like a sort of a gibbon or something. <laughs> and if I go along the balls of her feet, I will be uh, pressing the pressure points for the lung area. Anything mm. to do with uh, the lungs, the breastbone, the... Um, the, the trachea, all mm. that area, mm. um, the windpipes, mm. it just stimulates them and the, the person who's receiving um, has a, a, an effect after the session which lasts a good few days, oh. a feeling of floating, a feeling of wellness, blood pressure comes down. Blood circulation is better. Yeah. You can really treat migraines with this as well. Yeah. Um, relaxing of all the muscles. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, and I can go, for example, up the arch on, of the arch of the foot and I can tell if Heather has got any blockages um, that you might have lower back pain, for example. Mm. And then I can stretch the sciatic nerve by squeezing... My mum gets a lot of trouble with that. Does she? Yeah. Oh, she would benefit. Oh, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, older people would benefit mm. from this because it's so relaxing. Mm. And if you, if you take the ankle, um, we're doing the right foot at the moment, so I have my hand around the top of Heather's foot with my finger in the solar plexus and I'm squeezing underneath her ankle and I'm moving up her leg and by doing that I can stretch it's the lovely. sciatic yeah. nerve yeah. and uh, that can only be good. It's not invasive. No. The patient doesn't have to talk. 
just relax. So it's not like a, a, a body massage. You don't have to get your kit off or anything. No, you just, take just your, your socks. Socks off. And what, what would the Epsom salts have done as well? Because that, that felt... I, I was ready to get my feet out of the... Yeah. The, the Epsom salt soak then. I felt my heart having a little sort of gallop. That's good. Yeah. Because it is energising. It, uh, um, yeah. You will feel the benefit of it. Perfect for a pre-reflexology uh, session. Yeah. So, as far as I can see, Heather is in perfect health. She's a little bit mad, but so am I. So that's you didn't okay. need to rub my feet to find that out, Pat. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> One of but the I, things that I like about it is that you can stimulate the lymph glands. Hmm. In the summer, especially when the, we the temperature increases, weather gets better, and very often we, get, we retain water. And it very often shows itself in the ankles. Feet up and get somebody to just rub the top of your feet. Mm. Amazing, especially around the ankle area. You don't have to be a practitioner. Practitioners know what they're doing, but anybody could do it. You could even do it yourself, mm. quite honestly. You're sitting watching the football, oh, or not. And we're, we're recording this in June and uh, for, yeah. for the month of July and Pat's a little, um, as you can tell by her accent, she's from Wales and uh, she's, she's feeling pretty good. Who were they playing? They were playing Turkey and yeah. it was so much fun. It was yeah. really good and they won 2-0. Yes! Yeah. I'm afraid um, football always passes me by. I, my only dream with football was when I was a kid I wanted to throw a toilet roll onto the pitch and to see it roll yeah that's all that's why I've become an environmentalist yes. I'm trying to clean up my ways now but yeah that's about it and the sound of the and it's a goal in the back of the net oh the, this is a game of two halves of course it <laughs> blooming is but it was the sound of the jeers of the crowd, yeah. probably direct opposite to you. It always sent me to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. I just thought that, considering all the walking that you do, mm. um, you don't have uh, calluses or very much hard skin. Mm. Um, your, your footwear must be very good. Oh, yeah, my... My mum always wanted me to wear stilettos when I was a kid. Although I'm, I'm pretty tall anyway, but I found when I put high shoes on or a shoe with a heel, then I'll, I, I couldn't run. I couldn't do things that I want to do as a woman. I, you know, to walk, for instance, mm. without sticking my bum out or feeling um, a bit silly or too tall. So early on, I told my mum, you know, no! put that shoe down, I'm out of here. And I've worn flat shoes. I started with Doc Martens and things in the art school <laughs> days. And now I'm on them Birkenstocks. Ooh, and um, oh, and yeah. uh, just, you know, like training shoes and things. Yeah. So, you know, because our feet are very important. If you can't, like you say, if you mm. can't feel the earth, you can't be part no, of it, can you? And, and going, the, the, I think the most wonderful thing is walking on a, a beach in the summer yeah. and you really, you feel every curve that the waves made and the sand kind of exfoliates mm. the feet. That, that's what I'd call a wonderful vacation, just yes. taking your shoes off, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, um, and it's natural. And yeah. is, isn't that what you've been doing for such a long time? Um, working out walks and doing... <laughs> Are you leading into something no. now, Pat? Did oh, you see a link coming there? <laughs> Better take it with a pinch, of, pinch salt. of salt. But yes, yes, I, I, I walk as a living. I'm a, I, I have a little um, start-up called WW Walks, um, which is all about creating walking tours in Denmark, in Copenhagen, and around and, and um, saying no to 
travel and tourism being one of the biggest polluters. So inviting people to come and visit this lovely, very actually very sustainably balanced land with all our windmills and solar power and mm. recycling and things. Come and see how we do it and how we manage to become one of the, uh, according to the UN, one of the happiest countries in the world. I think it was 2016. Mm. This year, by the way, it's Finland again. Don't quite see that, but let's not offend the <laughs> Finnish members of the audience. But um, yeah, so it, the the WW Walk. So I've created an app. So then there's social distancing. You're not going to have a tour guide breathing all over you. You can go at your own speed, and um, and whenever you want, you can pick it up, take part of the tour. I've, I've just recently been studying the rather overlooked and entirely sustainable series of islets called Christianshown, just um, the other side of the harbour as the centre of Copenhagen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, launched and, it. And there is Christiania. Christiania. Yeah, I mean, they've brilliant. been wandering around with Birkenstocks on or no shoes for 50 years, you know. Um, and it's it's absolutely marvellous. It's getting a bit of... I've, I've been hearing there's quite a lot of uh, bad press going on about Christiania at the moment because, um, well, they've been there since 1971. Yeah. Uh, they squatted a piece of land which belonged to the military and had done since uh, 1670, I believe. It was all parts of the... Bastions that were keeping the Swedish invaders out and things in a ring around Copenhagen. But um, in the 1970s, there was a chronic housing shortage in the centre of Copenhagen. There still is. And these, uh, they weren't hippies, they were local residents in Christi, Christian's Harren who were sick of seeing all this lovely green space go to waste. They made a hole in the fence and got their kids playing amongst the old military buildings and the overgrown undergrowth and by these lovely moats and things. Um, but then, you know, the hippies heard about it, homeless people, drug druggy types, and then it became a free state. Uh, they, they, yes. the, the police were furious. The government was furious. And they've been... Um, but they've stayed. They fought the government with, in many ways by being squatters and put the green finger up at uh, the Danish government for 50 years. But uh, just, just in the past month, there's been another kerfuffle because there's some um, boats have arrived and they're not nice, shiny houseboats. They're out on one of the moats and they look absolutely shocking. They're half submerged. They're, they're reached um, by a series of soggy sort of gangplanks and um, the police keep storming it and trying to take it away. The residents are fighting back in the press and protesting. But why are they there? They want somewhere to live. And, you know, the, the trouble is it's prime real estate, you know, but they're, 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 the government won't get it because there's enough public support of Christiania, you know, for, for the past 50 years to, to, to protect it. But um, this latest one, it does look shocking. It, it, looks, um, it looks like an eyesore. <laughs> But we'll, we'll see what goes on. But, you know, they're getting a bad press at the moment, Christiania. But I, I, I'm, I'm giving them a good press on my of tours because I've discovered a green heart to the city of Copenhagen. Yes. Uh, and I think people should, can benefit by just taking a walk on the wild side of the city by just visiting some of these lovely natural landscapes, check out the quirky houses that the hippies have made out of re totally recycled um, materials mm. and just see how, uh, how, how they've been doing it 
And then, sorry, I'm going to talk in an awful lot now, Pat, but then move on and visit some of the more sustainable sites, such as Copenhill Power Station, which burns off trash and filters it. That's the power station uh, designed by Bjark Engels, the Danish architect, star architect. And he's injected humour into his design by placing a ski slope on the side. You know, for many years, the Danes, you know, we're in Scandinavia here, but... Um, With the, hills and No, no, no blooming hills. We, we talked about this in the last podcast. Yes, the poor old Danes, sometimes they get laughed off the piste by the Swedes and the Norwegians. You've got yeah. plenty of hills, but now we've got one hill to practice on, yes. which is good, because we're a very low-lying country, aren't we? Yes. But, um, yes. Yeah, so. Denmark, uh, to me, is very health-focused. Uh, um, everybody that I've spoken to about um, zone therapy knows about it whether they've tried it or not is another thing but everybody knows about it and um, I've also found that um, after uh, after we were able to uh, when lockdown finished and we were able to go back to uh, therapists um, people did flock uh, the therapists themselves and still do actually uh, wear masks although Denmark has now um, we don't have to wear masks in public places, except, I think, on public transport still. Yeah. Uh, so uh, therapists do still wear uh, masks. Um, so do doctors, for the most part. And people have flocked because they need uh, to get in touch with themselves again. That sounds a little bit airy-fairy, but the Danes do like to be healthy. They do like uh, all sorts of um, ways of eating. You can find in Copenhagen an array of restaurants for food from all over the world. Um, famous restaurants, not so famous restaurants. Um, street food is a great thing that started popping up about 18 months ago. Um, yeah. And do you know about the pop-up place on Christian's home? You there's a, a special yeah. one. Yeah, there. yeah, that, that's that's featured on the tour as well. Oh, yeah. But what I was just about to say is that the the Danes they have a a, a very uh, lethal, healthy weapon which they've been using since Viking times, which is. Are we ready for the pronunciation? It's pronunciation time. Whoa, boy. Oh. Have I said it? Have I said it right? Gotta, um, yeah, it's you not gotta, bad. You got to <laughs> stick your tongue out. Whoa, boy. Yeah, whoa, boy. Whoa, boy. Um, <laughs> lovely. And the Danes actually, when you're when you arrive in Denmark, they get you to say things like that. Yeah. So they t they get you to say um, uh, uh, what is whoa, it? Whoa, boy, yeah, red porridge. With cream, which yeah. is with flu. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> and it's hilarious, and we never get it right. No, well, it, it's it's red like fruit puree. Yes, with cream, it's absolutely it's delicious. Gorgeous. That's something that they'll yeah. be gobbling up late. Well, we can say it, can't we? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that sentence. That but mine the, was awful then. The other it? one um, is. Um, uh, black bread. Some people call it black bread. Uh, well, 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 it's rye bread. It's isn't rye it? bread. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this, this, this is this is the. I can give you. Do you want a bit of history? Yes. Yeah. Go and ahead. then we'll get back to health because it's all. It's this it's is one of. Dish. This is the, the the lethal weapon that mm -hmm. the Danes have had since. Well, it's probably pre, Viking times. But it's uh, rye rye bread, and mm. what they originally used to do was they didn't have plates in way back in the mists of time they used bread as like a trencher as something to place the food stuff on like a piece of meat or whatever and it would soak up the juices so this rye bread which was you know it's it's we're very far north comparatively mm -hmm. in 
well, in the mists of time, mm. to grow wheat. Nowadays, they've genetically modified wheat and we can grow it. The, the fields are full of beautiful uh, green fields of wheat at the moment. But um, in, in, in history, it was too far north. And so for this staple, rye would grow very well. And so from around Viking times, it became uh, the part of the staple diet. And if they run out of money, they'll bulk it up with tree bark. I mean, blimey, there's a bit oh, of roughage I for you. I was just going to say, <laughs> whoa! So this trencher, this, this, um, this piece of bread that was used to soak up the meat juices and things, they realised in time that this is possibly the most important or one of the most important elements in a smurbrue. Yeah. There's another... Was, can you say smurbrue? Smurbrue. Uh, she's better than me on the accents. Um, Listen. Is that where open sandwiches come from? Yes. Then? Yeah. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, and well, uh, when the Industrial Revolution came and people realised that they had to go off to factories, they only had a small Industrial Revolution here, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. they... They had to be less agrarian and move into the cities and things. They started making packed lunches. And, and they're very elaborate, actually, they're packed lunches. And this smurbrue, yeah. smur is butter, so it's buttered bread. So originally they wouldn't have necessarily had butter on it. They would have had animal fat, like dripping. Yeah. But that would create a, a waterproof layer. On the, look, you should, Pat's got her mouth open now. I, I've, I've, I didn't I've, know any of this. She's, she's goggled, she's boggled. What's the word? Gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. <laughs> but my deep knowledge of history. But that's my job, Pat. Yeah. You're, you're good, on the feet and the health. I'm on the, <laughs> the belly and the history. Yeah. But, yeah, so it would make a waterproof layer. And then they could put on top all manner of cold cuts. I mean, it's, it's a, oh. a very big country for pork and things here so roule pulse is yes. that right have i said yeah that that roule, that roule, roule, roule pulse yeah that's that's like uh, pork breast rolled around yeah with spices yes yeah, pepper and, and salt yeah and then yeah. cut very Thin finely yeah. yeah and then uh, what else fricket fricadella <laughs> Which is we're not just going to talk about meat, meatballs. but that's that's meatballs. Yeah, yeah. that's with pork again, uh, with mixed with um, uh, oat and yeah, yeah and then fried. Yeah. What else have we got? Usually in a sauce. Lots of ham. There's there's twenty five million pigs in Denmark these days, and five point eight million people. people. So those poor little porkers, they're really porkers. They're, I sounded a bit Herefordshire then. I'm originally from Herefordshire, pa. Porkers! But, uh, <laughs> Herefordshire's just down the road from Wales. This is so but true. But we don't sound at all no. Welsh. No. no, none of that. It's a very West country. Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not like Somerset, which is much more burbling and Dorset. But, um, you know, Erford, you know, Erford like United Football Club. Now, now you're talking football. But um, we're talking about porkers. Yeah, pork and fish. Fish. Sil. Sil, herring. which is the pickled, yeah, a herring, which mm. they've been scoffing since the Middle Ages. It was the one thing that made Copenhagen... In, it was the beginning of the city. Money, money, money. Yes. It's a fishy gold rush because most of Northern Europe were, well, they were Christianized and they had to fast and there was no refrigerators. So pickling and salting was the only way. So that was what it all started with. So pickled herring on rye mm. bread. What else? Prawns, shrimps. Yeah, fish. Yeah. Flatfish. Flatfish because yeah. there's very low, shallow seas around here. Yes. So. Oh, I'm getting hungry, Pat. <laughs> now she's I'll, speaking of fish and soul. Yes, oh, there's a, oh, there's a nice run in there. Nice, we have finished Heather's treatment, <laughs> and I have been very generous, and I've covered her feet in argan oil. Oh, I didn't notice that. No, Pat. but I you will notice it about later. Oh, and I've wrapped her feet up in a towel, and she's ready to go if she wants. Yeah. Um, I would recommend that anybody who's received a treatment, even a massage, 
you don't rush about later because your body has been stimulated in one way or another. So you take it easy for the rest of the day. You don't run a marathon. No. But you should feel rather good. Yeah, well, th- And I'd like to that. hear what, how you feel later. Oh, later, yeah. I'm yeah. still on high key because we've got to keep talking, don't yes. we? But high C. High C? <laughs> I could do high C. But that, that was lovely. That's actually just what I needed today, Pat, because I was, I was feeling all wound up and yeah. like that little Duracell rabbit or something, yeah. you know, banging that blooming drum. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, do we ever stop? Lots of people don't. Yeah. And that's actually not so good for us. No. I would actually, um, I was thinking that, you know, we've come out of a year or more of not knowing what the heck has hit us. Mm. We didn't know what to do. Our governments just followed medical advice, but they had to learn on the roll. They had to learn how to help us to stay safe. And some countries were slow. Some countries were very quick. Everybody did their own thing. But us, the ordinary folk, we had to deal with it. And we had to... Uh, how to keep ourselves safe and we isolated ourselves if we were lucky Mm. we could go to the local supermarket but we had to come back straight away Mm. Uh, Denmark was um, slow in using um, masks Mm. we we did start with uh, uh, on public transport that was a yes definitely we had to do that but it was only what, six months ago we started with uh, masks in public places like mm. supermarkets mm. and now we don't have to wear masks in mm. supermarkets and that again is another change and we're a little bit confused about getting back to normal and I think that if you can do anything to, to help yourself calm down, have a therapy Get into nature as often as possible. Talk to your neighbour. Talk about how you're feeling. Mm. No need to cry on anybody's shoulder, but just communicate mm. because we're out of the habit. If you've had your family around you, you're a very lucky person. Mm. But there are many people who have lived, who live alone. Mm. Uh, so, and we've used the internet to its best. We are both, for example, members of Toastmasters and we haven't been able to meet in person. So we've gone on to Zoom, which has been amazing and it's worked. And we will take, the club will take uh, factors, uh, Zooming factors into consideration and allow people from all over the world to participate in the meetings. Who would have thought that a year ago? Yeah, well, I've, I've got my startup, and I've, I've, I hardly meet my team. We 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 meet online, mm. and it's and it saves travelling, which is good for the environment. You know, it's 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 this. It's like a a revolution's happened, really. Yes. We, we're no longer on the cusp. We're we're completely in the digital age, aren't we? Yes. Um, this will be interesting with um, ho- housing. We, we don't we don't need to be in the cities anymore. We can live in lovely places like we, we, we're in, in Pat's lovely wooden house by a fjord in um, in Denmark, in the middle of nowhere. You know, we we could have been in the centre of Copenhagen, but we just don't need it. We've no. we've got we've, because of um, inter uh, what's the word connectivity. Yeah. But um, I think possibly for older people, those mm-hmm. who haven't kind of jumped on the the horse of uh, digital technology, mm. it can be an extraordinarily isolating time. Yeah. They've got a feeling of being left behind because all the, the digital natives are riding off into the sunset and we're sort of sat kind of quaking, or we could be sat quaking in the, the wagons, you know. Yeah. But, and uh, then... You get talking to Heather, and one day she says, do you want to do a podcast, Pat? <laughs> and I say, 
Yes. Pull, pull Pat out of the wagon. Come on, Pat. <laughs> on the road again. And that's all you have to do. You have mm. to say yes, yes to something that in- interests you. Yeah. Something that catches your attention and you think, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, let's have a go. And yeah. let's learn something. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're learning to do this thing yeah. uh, just by doing it. Yeah. Who was it? Um... Theodore Roosevelt's wife, mm. what was she called? Eleanor. Eleanor Roosevelt. She said you should do, try and do something which scares you. Scares every day. Every day. Yeah. Scares, I would have, I'm not meant to swear, am I? No. So I could, but I would have preferred to say, Heather says, do something every day that scares the shit out of you. No, she didn't say that. No, she didn't, she didn't say, say that. Heather, Heather does though. And I, 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 maybe that's my motto. Yeah. Because it is the way to kind of break down barriers that you feel within yourself, isn't it? To to actually push yourself towards change. Yeah. yeah. A, re- a really nice thing happened to me the other day. I, I'm sitting in my car and I'm waiting for the traffic lights to change. And uh, a motorcyclist from the, my right-hand side comes in front of me going into his lane and the motorbike had a sidecar. You never see that. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely. They're oh, they are so they? lovely. Yeah. And so I sat up and I watched him go round and he could see that I'd noticed him. And he tapped his helmet and gave me a salute. And I felt great. Yeah, yeah. The simple thing of smiling at somebody... Or saying, oh, wow, we're out in nature again and isn't it wonderful? Mm. And smile at people Mm. and get those facial muscles working Mm. Mm. and uh, talk to somebody on a bus stop. Ask them how they survived or how's the family? And you'll be surprised what you learn. And it's just connect communication and it's connection. I know you you don't have a washing machine, do you, Pat? This, this, is, this isn't for environmental reasons necessarily, no. it's for social ones, isn't it? Well, sort of. <laughs> I've just found the most wonderful laundrette. Oh. And I call it my beautiful laundrette. Oh. And I go there, and in normal times, uh, before the lockdown, uh, I would go there and I would have the most amazing conversations with people. If there's nobody there, there's a forest opposite. There's a beach 10 minutes away where I can go and wait for my washing to be done. And it's just, I don't want a washing machine. Mm. I want to keep Mm. going to my beautiful laundry. And you don't mind folding your smalls in public? No, I just take them out of the washing machine. Your thongs? Stuff them in a bag. Oh, oh. And I lug them home. All right. That's in the summer. In the winter, I will use the dryers. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's good. Cheaper. Yeah. And it's uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. And and I take photographs of my beautiful laundrette, which I sometimes put on Facebook and Instagram. And so I'm dragging myself into this 21st century. Yeah. Who would have thought? Well, we've also got a. uh, Facebook page, yes, we? I just, just we always say we'll give links and then we forget. But the Facebook page is called Wonderful and Wonderful, so we'd, we'd love some followers on that. And uh, Pat's been fiddling around with Instagram. I'm, I'm waiting to see a post though. Pat, you, you see, she's nagging me, oh. and she's I, got back in the wagon. She does. She just does this in such a lovely way. She puts up with me, which is great. But I am the enthusiastic one. I'm ready for anything. As long as I can learn a bit. And that's my goal in life. Learn a bit. Learn something new every single day. Well, get on with it with yes, Instagram, with the Pat. And I, Instagram, yes. I took a, I've already done a picture of Pat rubbing my feet. And I've, I've taken a picture, a photo of... of our funny microphone setup. This is going to get all the techie people laughing their yeah. socks off. Yeah, we've shoved it in a, a kitchen roll. 
there's but it seems nothing to be like working. Making, yes. Yeah. Nothing yeah. like making do. No, no. Do we need to be in the Abbey Road studio? Well, that no, would be nice. Don't. That would be nice, but we don't have to be. Yeah. We can be here looking out at greenery, looking at the wind, looking at the trees, mm. and um, and maybe having a bite to eat soon. Oh, that would be I'm nice. I'm starving. Yeah. Should we take a break? Well, and hang on. Back? What's the address of the Instagram? It's wonderful. And wonderful. Okay. <laughs> she, she had, did you hear a pause then? I did. So both of them, it's wonderful and wonderful. Yes. And on that note, let's go and have some lunch. wonderful lunch, yes. Pat. Yes. All right. And see you later. See you see later. See you later. <laughs> Oh, we've just had the most wonderful lunch and we're now sitting at a picnic table uh, overlooking the Roskilde Fjord and it's so magical. The wind is whipping round us but we had to have a walk after our quite big lunch of cheese and bread. Yeah. Yes, we both lived in France so we quite like that kind of lunch mm. but yeah we were good. It was a nice um, continental twist because even though we're both here in Denmark, we're mm. actually world travellers. It's mm. just uh, keep it quite quiet sometimes, don't we? But it comes out when we um, we have a bit of a feast and we realise that yeah. we learnt so many gourmet things in France and travelling around the world. It's it's like a Hemingway. He he, he said it was a movable feast to move to well oh. to Paris. Because you, you, even though you leave your beloved places, you you take what you learn with you, I think, very much. But um, here we are in Denmark, and we're, 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 we're looking out onto the fjord. Um, you just said as we were walking down, Pat, that you can walk out for, what was it, 30 metres? No, it's... 300. 300? Yes, 300. Uh, and the water actually doesn't even come up to your knees. And I'm an average kind of height person. <laughs> and it's sandy. And it's so warm at the moment. Uh, it's very peaceful. And the breeze is just delicious. And I'm looking out over it. And actually, I do know that uh, from, uh, on my left is a Roskilde. Uh, way down, about oh, 20 sea kilometres. I'm not sure what how that goes. No, I don't know. And up to the right is the inlet from the Kattegat uh, through the East Fjord. And the Vikings used to come past here at the dead of night. They used to come round the headway and the people in the next town used to light fires on the little uh, hills and, and they would warn... Be beacons. But yes, yeah, sort yeah, of, yes. Yeah. Burial mounds or Yes, yeah. and uh, so that the people in Roskilde, which was the capital of Denmark right then, way back 700 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, that. but But they, they were all Vikings then. Yes, were they, were they, I oh, these I guess were vicious ones. These they, were rape and pillage. Well, these, these, those would have been Norwegians. Norwegians, yeah. Those filthy probably. Norwegian well, Vikings. Well, yes, of course. As opposed to the really well-behaved Danish ones. Yeah, right. And... Yeah. Uh, so I imagine when I sit here, because I live very close to here, I imagine mm. that the longboats would sail past at dusk and creep along the fjord mm. and head towards Roskilde. Yeah. But people in Roskilde, they found out that there was a narrow bit in the fjord where they could sink their longboats, they filled them with stones and sank them mm. so that any marauding Vikings couldn't get past. Yeah, I, so they were saved. I think the, the peop, uh, fish, local fishermen have known about that for centuries, haven't they, since? And they, they just referred to it as the bank or something. But it took archaeologists yeah. in the 70s, 70s to start digging yeah. it up. And then they, mm -hmm. uh, then they found out that it was actually almost intact viking ships so trading well ships preserved. and things but it's it's so narrow here how come they how, how come how could they get through ankle deep water Was they can't that... but um past three or four hundred meters out there's a shipping lane ah. so boats can 
uh, maneuver uh. themselves up and down this uh. part of the fjord. Uh. And in the town of Fredrikson, which is uh, about 11 kilometers away, there's a, um, a bridge that goes up and down. What are they called? They've got them in Cantilever? I don't know. One of those. The, the Drawbridge. Something like that. <laughs> Drawbridge. We, we're not good on bridges. <laughs> and um, mm. the, it opens at certain times of the day, so the traffic jams build up. Mm. But it's fascinating. And the, there is a, um, a shipping lane. Yeah. I, I, I say boating lane. It should yeah. be boating lane. Yeah. yeah. But these um, Viking boats, they they were lethal when they made the Vikings from Norway, Sweden and Denmark, but that none, none of these borders existed, of course, then. But when they made raids in on the British Isles, they, they, they I guess they'll, they'll come sneaking up in these boats, but they had such low keels that they, they could um, go in shallow water and they were so um, lightweight. Yeah. And so the, the, the locals would be, ha-ha, there they are with their, you know, the dreadful dragons on the prows and things. They, they'll never get us because we're the other side of the hill. But the blooming um, maraudering yes. Vikings, li- the boats were light enough to lift. Hi. Yes. And they'll come tanking over and, oh, gold. Yeah. Oh, nothing was safe. No, no. Sometimes I feel that some of the scary Viking gene banks, they, they went abroad and we've been left with a kind of um, more karma yeah. <laughs> population, yes. you know, that the, the bad guys went off to elsewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> Created havoc elsewhere, yeah, like yeah. the north of England. Yeah, for yeah, example. Yeah, but it yeah. was all about trade, really. Yes, they af- after after nicking everything, that including the women and the thralls and the slaves and whatever. They, it was about establishing good trading posts, and that's I think where uh, such huge shipping companies as Maersk, the sh- biggest shipping, one of the biggest shipping companies in the world. Yeah. I feel that there's something in the lineage there. Great boats and a, this affinity with the ocean. Yes that they have in Denmark. Yeah. But um, here comes the wind. Here it is. And actually, <laughs> when the wind drops, it's very unusual in Denmark because yeah. there's wind everywhere and all the time. Yeah, yeah. No matter where you are. Yeah, which, which accounts for a lot of the wind power and also yes. for the, you know, the sailing Didn't prowess. Denmark have one of the first wind farms? Yeah, well, the first some of the first windmills were established over in Jutland, yeah. in um, Uland, as they call it, in the seventies. Um, I have a friend called Karen Magreda. She she lives over there, and she's going to take me on a tour this summer to meet some more old hippies and see what they got up to. But yeah, it, it's this um, renewable energies. That's what it's yeah. all about. And it's living with nature, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and we like that, we like the idea. In yeah. fact, you're going to launch yourself into a village that does exactly that this summer, aren't you? Yep. Well, we, we talked about it in the last podcast and then we never stuck to it because, you know, life sometimes yeah. takes its own course and things. But I've, I've actually booked my summer vacation mm-hmm. to stay in the... Here we go. It's it's pronunciation time. <laughs> Dusikil, yeah. is that right? Yes. Um, oh, uh, envir- eco village, environmental village up in the north of um, Zealand, and I've I've managed to find a lady who's willing to uh, lend me her apartment so I can uh, study the the whole place, take photographs, make mm. audio recordings, interview the locals, including that fabulous lady yeah. Ellen yeah. that we were talking about, yeah. who lived in the Hobbit house. Yeah under the the hill about all things spiritual um so i'm going to be there in july so what we're going to be doing interviews and it's also your birthday pat it is i'm a july person i'm a summer baby (laughs) it's it's very exciting for a change i quite quite like having a birthday note these days i don't want to do anything i just i just want to see a few friends and drink a few bottles of champagne yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah. Well, um, July is the summer, the holiday yeah. month in um, 
in Denmark. Yeah. I sometimes feel they, they get it wrong, the timing. So I used to harp on about how it should be in May because we get seriously the best yes. weather. But this past May, it, it, mm. it absolutely chucked it down. But um, I think the new May is now June. Yeah. It's gorgeous. We're sat here in 27 degrees Celsius, but with this fresh wind that's kind of ruffling the microphone and our hairdos and things but uh july i've found is often very rainy yes. but we'll, we'll and find August out can be as well yeah and then september brilliant brilliant yeah but then if by that time everybody's back to work um, kids are back at school yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah because the, the kids don't break up until the end of june End of June, yeah. and what we've got coming up now in June is St Hans Afton, oh, yes. which is on the 23rd. That's that's yeah. not actually the longest day, that's the 21st, I think. Yeah, but at the equinox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, St Hans uh, evening, that's about um, persecuting women, really, particularly witches in the medieval up to, like, the equivalent of... Um, Elizabethan times, you know, so for any crop failures or famines or contagions, just blame, blame the older woman, mm -hmm. the one with the um, little bit of facial hair or whatever. <laughs> oh, God. Warts and all. Yeah, who enjoys being in a garden and, you know, growing nice. Yeah. Uh, or who does zone therapy. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so they, the tradition is to burn her on a bonfire. Yeah, yeah so that's, well, no. that's not very, very nice no. at all. But I think there was a lot of that in those times, just blame Europe it. Europe in, in general. Yeah, 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 and North America, yeah. Salem witch trials or yeah. the UK, witches of Pendle, wasn't it? It's yes. just, just those who don't quite fit that's the norm. So, yeah. Yeah. so here at Wonderful, wonderful. We don't fit the norm, but we accept no persecution. No! <laughs> we get out there and brazen it out. <laughs> so, um, well, let's, shall, we, shall we say we're going to have a little bit of music now, Pat? And yes, then I we'll think do so. our outro in yes. a couple of shakes of a donkey's back. tail. We'll come yeah? back. All right, then. So, see you in a bit. See you in a bit. Well, Pat, there goes another fine episode with a pinch of salt. Oh, you do those links so well. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the massage. I did. My feet have never felt fluffier, Pat. There and I, I do feel reasonably relaxed, despite having a little um, few technical hitches, as yeah. usual. But I think we're off to Tremella radio station to see the lovely Elizabeth to get a bit of a pep talk pep on talk. technology, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Talking about technology, how's your app coming along? Ooh, well, <laughs> um, it's launch packed. The WW Walks app is launched. It's available on um, the App Store and Google Play. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the slow return of visitors in Copenhagen this summer and staycationers just taking a walk on the wild side with me. I'll just be popping up on their audio doing lots of uh, stories on the history, sustainability, food, culture, you name it. It's, there's never a dull moment on the WW Walks app. Certainly not. And they might meet me because I'm going to do it. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to be up to until next time we meet, Pat? Uh, I'm going to be uh, working out in my garden because right. it's been a little bit neglected. My lovely neighbours have helped me a little bit and uh, I'll be relaxing as one does in this beautiful part of the world. Yeah, yeah. I can hear the ice cream van going in the distance. That's, uh, I don't I, no, it's not a Danish phenomenon, but no. it's called Yemis. And I, I wonder in the middle of winter how they can make a living. But you I do. think I'm going to get my um, money and run out and buy us a lollipop. What a good idea. And with that... Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you next time or hear from you next time. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much.
ต่อไปนะบายบาย